0: everyone and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. I'm your host Kate Boyle and I am super excited to welcome you for 2024. I don't know if you guys can believe it but we are at the start of a new year and so therefore I have so many exciting guests coming for you this year on the podcast as well as some solo podcasts I'm really excited to share. So sit back and relax and let's have a listen in to my first interview interview for 2024 with Mindy Hubner. Hi, everyone. I'm Kate Boyle, and welcome back to the Mind Movement Health Podcast. Now, before we dive into this week's podcast, I have a very small favor to ask. If you could hit the subscribe button on your podcast app now to follow the show, we will let you know each and every week when we drop our most recent episode. Okay. So this week on the show, I have a very special returning guest, Mindy Huebner. Now, Mindy is an intuitive mindset mastery coach. She's also an NLP practitioner and a health, life, and success coach. She works with rewiring your brain and unlocking the magic so that you can create a soul aligned business and an extraordinary life. Today, we chat about goal setting and goal getting. We talk about the differences, how the subconscious mind plays a part in this, and what we can do to set a goal, achieve the goal, follow through on the goal and so much more. And even all the emotions and the, you know, physicality and even the mental capacity needed to just turn up to, you know, doing that action to reach your goal. So this is a fantastic conversation with Mindy. I got a a lot out of it myself and I hope you do as well. Hi, I'm Kate Boyle Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I have a very special returning guest to the show. Mindy, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Kate. I'm so excited to be back.
0: Well, I'm so excited to have you on because I loved our first conversation and I've thought about it quite a bit over the time in between. So then when we reconnected again, I was like, oh, I'll see if Mindy will come back on because you shared so much valuable information last time. And this time we're going to be chatting about Goal setting and goal getting and the subconscious mind. But before we do, for anyone that missed the first uh, podcast interview, which you can go back and listen to, and I will link that in the show notes for anyone. Can you introduce yourself?
1: Yes, thank you so much. My name is Mindy Heapner. I'm an intuitive mindset mastery coach. For high-achieving women in business, I help them reveal and release the limiting beliefs that keep them from embracing the confident, wildly successful human they already are on the inside, and I am obsessed with helping you rewire your brain. Mm, Amazing.
0: So we will delve into rewiring our brain, but on the topics of goal-setting and goal-getting, what's Mm -hmm. the difference between the two?
1: Great question. Goal setting. First of all, let's talk about what a goal is. And a goal is an aim. It's a purpose. It's a direction. In my world, goal not to be confused with outcome. So if you set a goal to move your body three days a week, that doesn't mean you're going to get the goal of moving your body three days a week. What you get is the outcome of the action or inaction that you take so i love to work in outcomes like what outcome however most people talk about goals which is why this is goal setter to goal getter so lots of us set goals all the time this beautiful aim direction purpose this is what we do with our conscious brain this is where smart goals let us down it's strictly conscious mind conscious brain what we're missing is the alignment With our subconscious. And that is how we go from just goal setter to goal getter is by making sure that we're aligning those conscious and subconscious goals so that we are fully moving toward what we want. Our subconscious operates 90 to 95% of what we do. And yet we're setting a goal with five to 10% of our, uh, of who we are. Well, of course, it's going to be more difficult to get the goal when we're not in alignment. Mm. And I think everyone can relate to that because, you know, we're coming up to the end of the
0: year and the new year is going to begin. And we all set goals at the start of the year. And, you know, to use that similar analogy, we'll say, well, we're going to start going to the gym three days a week. And after the first week, it becomes two and then one. And by the end of the month, we're actually not going anymore. So. Mm. The next logical lead up question is, how do we align the conscious and the subconscious
1: mind to actually then follow through on the goals? Absolutely. So your subconscious mind thinks in pictures and sounds and feelings. And uh, something that I like to do with my clients is called creating a 24 karat outcome, Remember, outcome is what we actually get, right? This is where the rubber meets the road. So when we create a 24 karat outcome, this is goal-setting next level. This is goal-setter, goal-getter at the highest level. So we are not only saying, I want to go to the gym three days a week. We're actually future-pacing the outcome. Um, um, it's now, and let's say it's 30 days later, like 30 days is a great 30, 60, 90 days. It's now January 31st. And I am a woman who works out three days a week. I see, I hear, I feel I, and, and you can even, I, with my clients, I do taste and smell as well. So here's how we go from just saying I work out three days a week to, Okay, I see my clothes ready uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, in my gym bag, or I see my workout buddy at the front door of the gym when I walk in, I see the sweat. Dripping off my face as I, I hear the sound of the weights clink, clank, clink, clank as they're, as I'm picking them up and down. I hear the sound of my feet uh, running on the treadmill, walking on the treadmill, walking on the stairs, separate, whatever. We are, this is how we connect our conscious to our subconscious. We cast a vision of what the goal is that we say we want, our logical, conscious brain sets this goal. Now to get it, we bring in the pictures and sounds and feelings and we make it so real because our brain doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. We bring it in and expect it. Our RAS now, our reticular activating system, which is a filter, if we expect it, will now allow us to see all the ways that are available for us to continue to show up casting votes towards the goal we said we wanted. And for the people that are listening in that are like,
0: I understand what you're saying, Mindy, but when that alarm goes off at 6am and I just don't want to get out of bed and every Mm -hmm. fiber of my being is saying, roll over and go to sleep. You can work out later.
1: You can work out tomorrow. What can we do? Uh First, we get to take a step back and ask ourselves if the goal is truly aligned. Is the goal so compelling for us that we will show up more often than not as the woman or the human who that will cast more votes than not towards that I'm a woman who works out three days a week, right? Or whatever the the goal is that we're saying we want. So the first step is, is truly getting to the crux of it. And so if we're coming to a new year and saying, you know, I want to get healthy. Okay, well, why? I want to move my body more. Why? This is my favorite place to ask why. It's probably the only place I ask why, to be honest with you. The moment that we say why, we then tell a story. We say because. So why do I want this? Why, do, why is that important? What will having that do for me? Well, why does that matter? We get seven wise deep so that we get to a place of, okay, this is so just ingrained. It's so compelling that more often than not, when I roll over and the alarm and it's early, more often than not, I'm going to go, yeah, it's early and I'm getting out of bed anyway, because this is, this is who I am. The reason that I want this is so essential and so compelling. I'm willing to do some hard things to get there. Mm. And so if we're setting goals that belong to other people, we will not get out of bed when the alarm goes off. If we, and if we, here's the next thing, if we haven't given ourselves permission and decided that we're worth it, we're not going to do it either. Mm. Well, just thinking about that, I think diving
0: into the whys, you know, you said, you know, seven layers deep and the first why may be because I, I want to look good in the swimsuit or the dress. Exactly. And the next why uh-huh. may be because I think it may may improve my energy or whatever, but I think the deeper you go, the more emotions mm-hmm. are tied to that feeling which I know when I've worked with clients, you know, people often they will cry in the Pilates studio Uh, and it's actually quite normal because they're connecting to a deeper why of why they are here and those emotions are then coming out. And I think sometimes that's hard to delve into, but I love how you said that you have to, you know, the first why isn't enough, the second why we can go deeper and deeper to get to, you know, the root of it essentially.
1: Exactly. And this is essential. I won't tell you you need to do it. I'm sure we discussed this last time. I'm never going to tell you you should. I'm not going to tell you you need to. This is essential to becoming the human who is really doing that deep dive into the why so that you are to the root and you're fully connected to it. And as you said, There'll be people crying in the Pilates studio. I could literally feel emotion. Like when you're that connected to your health, to reasons for your health. I I just had a conversation with a client yesterday and we laid out a health plan because health is wealth. (laughs) Like there is no, this is your currency is your health in order to make money and do all these other things. And so really getting to the root of that is essential and so beneficial to you will help you again be more often and not the person who cast those votes mm-hmm. and you know, like you said, if you are running a business
0: or you know even working and looking after a family, if you're not looking after your own health first, it is going to cost you money in the long run, not from the health appointments you have to go to, but just from lost in income and also lost time because if you are unwell, you can't do the things you want to do, you might have to get out know, have more appointments, see more practitioners, which again is taking time away from what you want to be doing,
1: mhm. Exactly. And there's, there's memes everywhere that say, you know, if you don't take the time for your body, your body's going to make you take the time, right? Like if you don't tune in and listen and rest or do the things like it will, it will do it for you that it just won't, we just can't get around that. And so when we're proactive in it instead and get to that compelling reason, now we've got, okay, we've got the why into setting the goal. Now we tie the pictures and the sounds and the feelings. It's 30 days from now. And I'm a woman who goes to the gym three days a week. I hear the alarm go off and I hear myself say, let's do this, right? Like (laughs) this is how we truly, we are, I call this the immersion method. We are diving into a swimming pool of this outcome. So not only it's not just a 30 day. We're seeing ourselves right now. We can start casting votes right now. So right now I can put my clothes out right now. I can put it into my schedule right now. I can taste the water as I become even more hydrated because now I'm moving my body and healing my muscle and all the things. Right. So we can start casting those votes right away. And that's another reason why I love that. Like doing a 30 day future paced, because then I can reverse engineer that all the way to today. Okay. Well, if I'm a a woman who goes to the gym three days a week, well, what three days are those going to be? I'm going to, I'm going to mark them on my calendar. I see my date with myself at the gym on the calendar, right? I taste the X, Y, Z, the water. I taste the whatever high nutrient meal that I have after, right? To build my muscle back up. Like, Connecting all that stuff again makes it so much more likely and puts so much more ease in being people who show up in it. We've now got our brain on board with us. Our brain is deleting, distorting, and generalizing based on our beliefs. If we cast that and put it into our subconscious, it's now a greater belief. We can now create thoughts and habits to support that for ourselves. And if we have
0: beliefs, you know, that maybe you haven't been exercising, you know, for a while and you're coming back in, but you know, that alarm goes off and your brain goes, you're not used to exercising. You're not good at exercising. I'm not sure why you've committed to this. How do we overcome maybe those negative beliefs we have about ourselves or those negative thoughts that sort of constantly pop up? This is, so first,
1: all those are habits. At this point, right, we've got super empowering habits, and we've got super disempowering habits. And of course, we've got neutral ones in between. But we can all like take a minute and go, Oh, I have this habit, habit, and it's really empowering, really moves me towards what I want. And I have this habit, it's really disempowering, it really keeps me farther away from what I want. So habits are automated for us. So if the alarm goes off in the morning and the first habit is like you're not good at this, you don't really want to do this. Like, why are we getting up? The first thing you get to tell yourself is this is this is just an old habit. I hear you, I see you, I recognize you, habit, and we broke up. <laughs> like, like, I now believe I'm a woman who is capable of getting better at exercising. I am, and here's where we can, because because the negative self-thought were really affirmations, weren't they? They were just disempowered affirmations. So now we just flip that. We don't pretend like we're not having those thoughts or those feelings, because that's like not paying attention to a tea kettle, right? It's just going to keep going and going and going. No, instead, we just face that head on and, and we say, I see you. I broke up with you. Like, Get out. Here's and we move our attention to so the more empowering thought, the thought that we want to start believing about ourselves. And if we can't go from you're that woman who never works out to I'm the woman who works out three days a week, okay, if, if everything in us is like, this is not true, like I'm not ready to go there. Okay, great. I'm becoming the woman who makes her 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 health a priority. And one of the ways I do that is moving my body. So I'm practicing becoming that woman. Like we can stair step those affirmations so that we go, oh yeah, I I I am practicing being that woman. Like I'm practicing right now. Okay. And now I'm becoming that woman. Well, the next thing you know, I am that woman. Cause I'm casting votes for that. And this is all about our identity as well. And so that's the next piece of magic. We don't wanna be we don't want to read one book we want to be readers so we can do we can muscle ourselves to the gym three times a week one week and not and not change who we are at the identity level right we can force ourselves we can everybody's done that we've all forced ourselves to do something we didn't want to do for a short amount of time some of us even longer However, if we don't integrate that into choosing the identity of the person who actually wants to do that and even enjoys doing it, right, so that it becomes easier and easier, creating the identity is where the magic comes in because then the outcome, the goal getting the outcome, that's just icing and you are the cake. The identity allows us to then say, well, I, yes, I create the outcome of being the woman who goes to the gym three days a week. I can create any outcome I want. Outcomes are just these beautiful mile markers that help me celebrate what a badass I am, like how empowered I am and the amazing choices I make more often than not. Not every day, not all the time, more often than not. I cast votes towards that next level version of me. Yeah, I love that
0: reframing because I think so often people will set goals and then if they don't meet them, they give up on them completely. Like if it's to go three days, you know, three days to the gym a week and then it doesn't happen, then they just go, oh, well, I've already failed at that. So I just might as well give up. But if we reframe it, you know, and saying we're just taking steps to get to that, I think that's a much more in sort of empowering way to feel and look at it also.
1: Well, and here's the thing, we get to get super comfortable with practicing being this next level version of ourselves. We are never going to, most of us aren't going to try something for the first time and be really good at it. I am not going to pick up a violin and play. Uh without music, even with music, I'm not just going to pick it up and play something flawlessly. Oh my gosh. The first time I pick it up, it's going to be the worst sounding thing ever. Even if I have some musical talent, right? We get to say it is super okay to be bad at something while we're practicing getting better at it. And I think we really, we lose that. We, we put these ideals in our head that are other We're comparing ourselves. We're letting worldviews come in and we all start out not very good at something. We might have some natural talent, right? There, there are things that you pick up really quickly. And then there are things that we don't, and it takes practice. And we deserve to give ourselves the pace, the space to practice becoming people who get better at things and who don't look at being bad at it as I'm bad or I can't ever get better. We don't over-identify with it because we want to have empowering identities. So we identify with people who are practicing to get better. We don't want to over-identify with, well, I'm bad at this, therefore that makes me bad, right? That's like shame and guilt. Shame says I'm bad. Guilt says I did a bad thing. We don't want to over-identify with it. We want to actually be comfortable in knowing like I'm probably going to suck at this in the beginning and I'm just going to keep doing it anyway because how else will I know how to get better unless I practice
0: Mm. and I think too sometimes we do set goals we have the best of intentions in when we set them and we're like yeah like I'm going to be active every day like this sounds amazing I can do that but realistically when we look at our lives and we might do this when we're on holiday and we've got more free time and it's easy to envision and do this and then we get back to everyday life and things are really busy and we literally don't have time to commit to what we said we would commit to because we've probably overshot a bit because we were so excited about setting this goal and, you know, I think that sometimes it's hard to set a goal. If you're setting a goal to run a marathon, but you've never run a marathon and you don't have much experience with running, to say in the first month you're going to manage to, to run 20Ks is probably really unrealistic, but you don't actually really know that because you
1: don't have experience in that field. Yes. So beautiful. I love the way you said that. So I have two, two things um that I want to say about that one something that I do with my clients is we set target goals as well so when you think about a bullseye like you've ever uh done archery or you've ever played darts so you've got a bullseye in front of you and we will set a bullseye goal right like best ever okay i'm going to move my body 7 days a week like pie in the sky if everything aligns what's that bullseye goal and then What's the outer rim goal? What is the very least that I am willing to accept from myself? And yet it's still a win. And so here's where we can then go, okay, well, I, I like, if I can, I really want to work out seven days, which like, you know, I'm just being like dramatic here. right? And the very least I'm going to accept from myself, right. Is one day or two days. That is also a way for us to then because think about it. We land in the middle somewhere. We we say, okay, this was the least I set for myself. So it's I'm doing one day for sure. And then we go, I could I could do two days. Like I could figure out, I could figure out two days. We can then make it this game with ourselves to. Okay. Well, I might not get to the middle, but dang, I'm like, I, I already did the one. So I do a, a target goal, a bullseye and an outer rim. So that's one thing. The next thing is there are seven keys to success, seven keys to getting anything that you want. So know what you want. We already talked about that. We're diving in. Take action. So here we are taking some action. I want to run a marathon. I think the action is going to be, I'm going to run 20 K. I'm a half marathon runner. I'm like. I remember the first half mile I ever ran, I thought I was going to (laughs) die. So we take action and then we check the data. So know what we want. Okay. I want to move my body three days a week, take action. I've put my clothes out. I've marked it on the calendar. I get to the end of the week and I check the data. I showed up three days. Okay. What did I do that worked? Let's keep repeating that. Was there anything that I could optimize in that? Okay, I get to the end of the week. I check the data. I showed up two days. Okay, cool. I am more often than not casting votes. I get to the end of the week. I check the data. I didn't go at all. Okay, what What gets to change? Like there is no, the data, again, here's where we don't over-identify with the data and say, I suck, I failed, I I am right? I am bad at setting or getting goals. I am, this is where we go, oh, I have an opportunity to improve on what didn't work. What did work? Did anything work? Did I put the clothes out even, right? This is where we get to check the data on that and then be willing to change, be willing to change a thought, a limiting belief, an action or inaction, a circumstance or a relationship. And when I say relationship, that could very well mean a a person-to-person relationship. It could mean willing to change a relationship with myself, like what I deserve and what I'm worthy of. It could mean a relationship with time, with my body, my physical body, not just am I worthy, but a relationship with my physical body. It it could be a relationship with a gym. Maybe you had a bad experience, maybe like whatever. So what am I willing to change in there? And thinking about that, and that makes me think of the the other thing that we don't know if we're going to uh run a marathon or work out three days a week or whatever it is, and we're not quite experienced in that yet, we might think this has to happen at 6 a.m. or this has to happen at 5 a.m. for me. When we get to the end of the week and we check the data and we're like, this is not. Now, I am an um, a earlier in the day worker outer. However, I know a lot of people, they work out at night and that works for them. So, also knowing, right, that we can, there is no one way to get that. There's no one best way. Like, we get to also tune into, okay, well, actually, I'm kind of a night owl. Like, I'm not seeing 5 a.m. ever unless I've stayed up. (laughs) So, how can I, where would a workout fit for me? How can I start putting time into my day to move my body? Where does that seem like it would fit better? Because I've been trying to put it in the morning and that's not. I've realized by checking the data, that ain't happening. That is out of alignment with who I am. Hmm. Well, that's
0: where I fall down in the data (laughs) because whether or not it's working out or I'm sitting here thinking like one of my goals was this year was to get on other people's podcasts more, which I know I've done because I definitely have. But I thought the other day, I'm like, I probably should be tracking down these podcasts, you know, I've been on and save the link and, you know, create a document and a file, which I haven't done. So I get so caught up in creating the goal and doing the goal and same in my workouts. I'm really great at working out. I swapped recently to adding more kettlebells in, lifting heavier weights. And I know I've progressed because I can lift heavier weights, but I haven't tracked you know, what day I've been working out and what reps I did on this day. And if I did, I probably would get more from it potentially, but I feel that I only have a finite amount of time. So I dedicate that to doing the action, but not tracking the results.
1: Well, I hear you saying though, that you, you actually do check data. You could just do it deeper. So you are, you do check data because you said, well, I have been on some podcasts and I know because I heard you on one. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like- <laughs> so, 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 yes. So you actually, so you are checking the data. I said I wanted to get on my podcast. I took the action. I'm on more podcasts now. We can do that. We can optimize that, right? We can elevate that. However, you are checking data. So you're already a data checker and now you just get to tune into what, what would open up for me. If I went deeper in the data, you're also checking the data on your workouts because you, you said, I can lift heavier weights. I have progressed to heavier weights. That's data. Now, you would also know if you've been working out, working out, working out, and you're not progressing, you're not increasing your weight, that data can say one of two things. That data can say you're, you're kind of phoning it in. Right. You're not really like, you're not actually giving it everything that you've got. So you're not breaking through some of those plateaus or that data could say it's time to raise your weights. Like it's time to step into the next level. So we're checking data more than subconsciously, more than we think. It's the next step. It's the what does the data tell me? And if the data isn't telling me, if the data is saying you're not getting closer to your goal or you're, you're, you're only eking towards your goal and you could be taking bigger steps towards your goal, it's then how we show up. It's what are we willing to change? And if we're not willing to change, this is a big one too. We get to go back to knowing what we want and we get to ask ourselves, is this really my goal? Hmm. Is it really my goal to do X, Y, Z if I'm not willing to make it easier for myself if I'm not willing to lean into the data, right, and embrace what it's telling me as really fuel to move me forward. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess, yes, I I have been tracking it, but it feels like from what, you know, having this conversation, it feels like I was like, I was thinking the other day, I should actually be doing more, thinking that maybe I would get better results if I tracked better. But just listening to what you said then, This is where I think when you work with somebody, whether or not it's a a trainer or like, you know, my clients in the studio, that tracking of the data I feel is almost my job as the instructor because the client comes in and they have a goal and I design, you know, their Pilates program for them. And then as they get stronger, I progress the exercises for them to the point where sometimes people go, Oh, am I, am I getting stronger? I just, I just don't, you know, I don't know. And I'll be like, yes. Well, so when you started eight weeks ago, you were doing this and now we've added weights and we've added extra reps. And then, and they're like, cause it still feels hard. I'm like, yeah, that's because the exercise is now harder. Cause I'm making it harder for you. So I think there's merit in having somebody help you, but then I don't think maybe sometimes you take, you don't realize the changes that are occurring because you're not the one recording the data if that makes sense. Beautiful.
1: It does make sense. And so w- what came to me instantly is how amazing for you to share the data with your clients more often than is happening, right? Like, hey, we're at 4 weeks and, and guess what? Like, we've done this and done this and done this. Let's celebrate because celebrating is huge, right? And and being able to then say and that's this is something that I do for my clients too because We, when, when we're the client, we can't always see, right. As coaches, as trainers, we, we're a mirror and we go, oh, here's what I'm hearing. Here's what I'm seeing. Like we get the opportunity then to go, look at all this, look, look at you've made these choices and you've done this and look at this growth. I love being able to say that to a client, like, can we just take a moment and honor this growth? Because three weeks ago you were saying this, and now you're coming to me saying, and I told old me, I broke up with that habit, and now we're doing it this way. And you, the same opportunity for your clients like that. So yes, when someone else is tracking the data for it, we don't we don't always see it. And then I think that gives us just this beautiful moment to be able to celebrate with the people that we're tracking data for as well, which helps them know that they get to celebrate when they check the data too, right? It's always a celebration, even if we're showing up checking the data and it's not like, I haven't progressed, I haven't improved. So many people won't even check the data. They say they want a goal and then they're like, oh, well, here's the action. They take it. They don't, they won't look at the data because they've already decided that the data is going to mean that they're bad. They've failed. And so they won't even look at the data. That's like getting a bill in the mail and sticking it in the drawer. Like it didn't actually come, right? That's like pretending that you can't see the mess somewhere. You don't want to check the data, but it's there. Like it's it's already there. So anytime we are even looking at the data, we're winning.
0: Mm. Well, I think also I probably could. uh, I just always assume that people would feel it in their body. Do you know what I mean? They would feel that they're stronger (laughs) or they would feel that they're more flexible. Uh, And, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of the time people do. They're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, you know, I went to um, bend down the other day and pick something off the floor and my back didn't hurt anymore. So they do track some types of data and then other types of data like, you know, the exercise progression, they're not tracking. So I can definitely highlight that more, I think, to some clients, but it is awesome when they realize, you know, oh, yes. look at the difference I've made, what this consistency and commitment to this goal has done.
1: Exactly. This is something in in my work, I talk about elevated awareness. This is about being so much more aware of who we're being, right? Like what are we thinking about? What are we doing? What are the actions we're taking now? Who are we being innately? That then allows us to recognize like, Oh, I'm being a woman who goes to Pilates. Like I'm, I'm being a woman who's committed to this. I'm being a woman who, right? Like I'm being the woman who bent over and her back felt really great. Huh. So I wonder how that happened. Oh, now my, uh, my, now I have elevated awareness. Like, well, that happened because I committed to taking care of myself because I, right? This then allows us to even more solidify that identity, right? We're not, I'm not just showing up in the studio one day a week, like making myself show up. Oh, I bought the package. I don't want to waste the money, right? Like, no, I'm not doing that. Now, buying the package was motivation for me. Like, okay, now I know I'm going to go 10 times or whatever the package is, right? However, I'm casting those votes towards, okay, well, the woman who goes to Pilates 10 times and more like what is that who is she what else is happening in her life she's bending over and feeling really good when she bends over right she's feeling stronger she's noticing what about herself like that that's the magic right is the identity that we take on
0: hi everyone You guys know how much I love Paleo Valley. Well, this January, they have a 20% off site-wide sale happening for the full month of January to celebrate the new year and helping you to support your health. Now I myself take their vitamin C complex, their turmeric complex, their organ complex, as well as their protein powders, and I love them all. They're an ethical company; they do not add any fillers into their products, and they have the highest standards. So check out their sale by heading on over to the podcast show notes and grabbing that link. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Mm. And it just made me think: I have a client that committed to the package she you know bought a block of classes but she's having a lot of trouble coming to the classes so she's committed but she'll cancel the day before you know has she only had a couple of lessons and I feel like if she you know if she can get in the door she has a really good session Um, And, you know, and I follow up with her afterwards and she's like, you know, I thought I'd be really sore afterwards. I actually felt really good. So it's really positive. But then the following week she cancels again and the following week she cancels again. And then I might see her, you know, the third week. So for people that may be, you know, that person that's listening in or for someone like me that's working with that person, what advice do
1: you have? First, if you're that person and you're listening in this, this is uh, more readily available. Clear the clutter. Like, like there's limiting beliefs in there that are, and when I say clear the clutter, mental, physical, emotional clutter. So for some of us, especially females, if we're caregivers, we can do this whole like battle between taking care of other people and taking care of ourselves. And so is that coming into play? And what will it mean to commit to yourself that weekly class? If it's a weekly class, like everyone's going to survive. If you're gone for the hour or the two hours, you know, at Pilates, like it's going to be okay. And you're better when you're better, <laughs> right? You're, you serve better when you're at your highest. So the, if you're the person canceling every second time or every third time, take a step back and clear the clutter or even better lean in and clear the clutter. Like what is, what is pulling you from this thing that you deserve? Is it, is it actual physical clutter? Like, are you, can you not get out the door because this laundry needs to be put away? This needs to be done. That needs to be done. Is it mental clutter. Is it emotional clutter? I feel guilty. Do I deserve to leave the house like this? This is real stuff that women, mostly women, I'm not saying men never deal with it. However, in my experience, mostly women, this is what we deal with. We deal with doing it all. And that emotional load and that mental load is exhausting. And so when we lay something down, a lot of times it's us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, it feels like the easiest thing to do because everybody else needs something. And so where can I start believing that when I invest in myself, I am actually better for everyone else. I am happier. I am. Cause we know all the benefits of exercise, like just for our brain, right? Like, oh my gosh, and the, the, endorphins and the dopamine and and the cognition the the way that it helps our cognition like all the things is that exercise does for us uh staving off alzheimer's like so many things so we get to believe we get to give ourselves permission like this is this is really vital somewhere down the line we can make a limiting decision that then Or we can give meaning to something without realizing it. We do it super quickly. And then now this is, this is in our subconscious and our subconscious will influence our beliefs, our attitudes, our thoughts, our behaviors. So if way down the line, we just made a snap decision that, you know, you should say yes to your family more than you say yes to yourself, whatever that looks like. That's now like this lens that we look through. Because remember, our brain deletes, deserts, and generalizes based on our beliefs. And so, if we don't even realize that there's this underlying limiting belief that we're making decisions based on, this this is running in our uh, automated programming. So that was a really, really deep answer for that because it, it's way more than her just canceling on you, right? <laughs> like, there's all kinds of things going on there. So if that's you, uh, like, I'm going to invite you to really, like, look within. You deserve it, and. What, notice I'm not saying why, because why we're just going to tell a story. We're going to say, well, because it's my family, because, because what stops you from keeping your appointment with yourself? Because this is self-integrity, right? I made an appointment with myself to go to the studio. I deserve to keep the appointment with myself. I can guarantee you 99% of women aren't canceling appointment on anyone else. They're not just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna cancel that appointment. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be sure. We're keeping those appointments almost all the time. It's it's ourselves that we cancel on. Now, if it's a client, I'm with you. I have clients that cancel on me last second too, after they've paid. <laughs> and I just reach out and I'm like, hey, is everything okay? Like, I'm here you know, you're supported. It's really important for me to remind them that they're supported, that they have space to come into. What's that old adage? You can lead a horse to water. You can't make a drink, right? Like we can't want it for them more than they want it for themselves. However, we get to, this is what I love to do for clients. And I know you do the same thing, Kate. We get to set that sacred space, of believing in their limitlessness while their belief catches up. And we just get to be that person for them. And it's a privilege. And most of the time they show up in it. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what
0: I try to do each class. Exactly, Encourage her, you know, and she does, you know, she will be in class and sort of saying, oh, I'm not very good at this, you know. And again, you know, I say to her, "You, she's absolutely good. Like, you know, I said, that may be your belief, but I said, as someone that's teaching you, Yuri, you've picked up everything so well. You're really amazing. So I do try to create a really supportive environment. Listen if she, you know, obviously has anything to share. Design a class that's going to leave her feeling elevated in the sense that she's achieved, you know, she feels good. um, But it's really interesting, I think, when we dive into more of this, it's not as simple as just exercising for on either behalf, on your client or, or as a practitioner. There's a whole lot that's going in mentally, emotionally, and physically to them coming and to also you teaching, which I think you know, if you can meet each other in, you know, a safe space and try and as a practitioner create that environment and as a client feel safe in that space, then, you know, my hope is that then they obviously want to come back and and they will come back as they change their beliefs or as they process what they need to process. but. Yeah, it's just an an interesting observation I had from my clients that I know other people may be either the person experiencing that themselves, or there may be people listening in that have these types of relationships with their clients and they want to offer the best,
1: you know, practice and uh, environment that they can. The last thing that I would be remiss to not say is, uh, please know clients, like as your practitioners coaches, we miss you when you don't, cut. you're, not a number. You're not just another person on the books like we are rooting for your success. I know I can speak for you, Kate, in that like we we know you and we want you to win and we want to guide you. We want to be transformational guides in that too. So please don't think like oh, she's not going to care if I don't show up. It's just like that cuz that's just not true.
0: Yeah, well I agree. I've had a client recently who hasn't been able to come to class because she's been quite injured um and she's actually going to drop in today but we've been chatting I've been reaching out on email to her and sending her texts and just touching base to see how she's feeling and not from it's not from wanting her to to be back in the studio it's because I've built a relationship with up with her over time. And I want to make sure that she's okay, you know, in whatever space that is, whether or not, you know, she chooses not to come back. That is totally fine. But, you know, you are invested when you form Absolutely. client
1: relationships and you do only want to see the best for them. Yes. Like it's all about the relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So think subconscious pictures, sounds and feelings, that feeling, how does that feel when when they think about the studio when they think about coming in right what are the sounds right what are the pictures and sounds and feelings like how 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 does it feel when they walk it in internally and externally this is how we put all that into their subconscious too right this is how we subconsciously align is that safe space is that welcoming environment is that like they hear Kate's voice when they come in the door, right? Saying good morning or good afternoon or like whatever, you know, kind of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. So
0: subconscious, if we want to do some work on our subconscious that is then going to help us, you know, become that goal getter, what else can we do?
1: So your subconscious programming, again, this is, this is the part of your mind. It notices, it remembers, uh, like so much is coming at us that it just filters it to you and it helps you. You do a ton of things automatically. You brush your teeth, you breathe, <laughs> you drive places without knowing like, how did I get here? Right. Cause you just automatically know how to get there. So again, giving yourself permission, like out loud, giving yourself permission and. And the things that you want, casting the vision. I love mental rehearsal. I'm sure we talked about this last time. However, it bears repeating. So mental rehearsal is casting the vision of what you want and then seeing yourself going through the steps. The first part of it is the well-formed outcome. So that could be your 24 karat outcome of three days a week, or it can just be getting out the door to get to the studio today right? Like I wake up in the morning and I see my day really quickly. And I see the part of the day where I am going to the studio. I see getting my stuff on or getting my bag to go. I see like, I'm checking my watch. I I hear myself say, "Wow, I can't wait to see what Kate's got in store for me today. How about my butt going to hurt when I leave, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I, I see myself driving there. I hear I hear the normal sounds when I walk in, whether there's music or like noise from the machines, like whatever happens, right? That goes, I'm sure the machines aren't noisy now that I said that, but (laughs) the, the all the things that happen. So I can do this in a matter of like two minutes. I can mentally rehearse. And the whole point of this is the end of it is now I'm walking back out the door of the studio, or I'm standing there after class with you and some other people, like, Wow, that was tough and amazing. And I did it. I showed up for myself, right? Like I'm wiping the sweat off my forehead, like whatever. We get to just walk through that quickly. Our brain doesn't know the difference between real and imagine. The more we put ourselves, either mentally or physically, into the situations that we want, the more we speak in the present tense, I am a woman who moves her body through Pilates. I am, right? I am. The more we do that, the more we're rewiring our subconscious programming. Also, when we catch those habits and we just recognize them as habits, the negative self-talk, the negative affirmations, we just say, oh, I see you and I broke up with you. Like I'm moving my attention to, you can even say it out loud, I'm rewiring my brain. I'm reprogramming my subconscious in this direction towards this thing it's a practice. You're really practiced at all the things that you do right now. And so this is your opportunity to start again, getting better at having more empowered thoughts, more empowered habits, more empowered beliefs. And I assume for some habits, it'll be a quicker change
0: than potentially for other ones as well. So, and some people might find, you know, working out three days a week, an easier change to make via their subconscious. And other people may find it takes a lot longer.
1: And this, remember to align your conscious and your subconscious. And if you're not showing up, so we said, check the data. Oh, wait, <laughs> know what you want. Take action. Check the data. Be willing to change. So there's two more keys in there. Gratitude, joy, and ease. Like we want to, Here, here's another piece. How can we find joy and ease in it? Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but how can we make there be more ease in becoming the woman who works out three days a week than not? Well, there's more ease in it if I put it in my schedule. There's more ease in it if I let everyone in my life know I'm going to be walking out the door at this time on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. There's more ease in it if I okay, this would make it more easy for me if I have a really cute outfit to wear, right? Like, <laughs> so I feel really good while I'm moving my body. There's more ease in it if I put it during the time of the day that's optimal for me. And those things, and when there's ease, there's joy, right? It's more joyful to do something that has more ease in it. So how can I, how can there be more joy in it? I can get somebody to go with me. I can get a friend to get a package with me, right? Like, there's, I can listen to my favorite song on the way to there, or it can be the time that I have complete silence. If you're someone that has a lot of chaos at home, the joy and the ease gets to be in, I am in the car for X amount of time. No one's asking me for anything. No one's talking to me. I'm just going to be Zen in this time to the studio and back home from the studio. So finding that that joy and ease and having that foundation of gratitude, vital vital Mm -hmm. in, in those.
0: Well, I think even just building that awareness around that, because I always say, you know, to people that you should, you know, if you're going to move your body, choose things that you actually want to do. So if you hate going to the gym, don't pick going to the gym because again, that's not going to create ease or joy. You're just going to stop going because you hate it. So, you know, picking something that you definitely like, and then going back to that, like you were talking about with the environment, Maybe it's a place where you do feel safe or calm or, you know, and I only just sort of twigged before, but when we were talking about that, I was thinking about the studio because so many people always ask me my studios from home. um, They're always like, oh, don't you get sick of, you know, working from home and not having that separation from work-home life because I'll teach in the studio, I'll go in there and do my own workouts in the studio. And so they're like, doesn't it just feel like work when you're in here? I'm literally just having this conversation with you now, it doesn't, I don't ever get that feeling really in the studio because I've tried to create it, I guess, in a space that feels safe, that has, you know, plants, you know, things that I know help me feel calm or safe, even though I hadn't thought about it when I obviously designed it, or joy. And so therefore, I don't actually get those
1: feelings because it
0: feels like a great space to me.
1: And you're acting in alignment with what you say you want. You, your conscious and subconscious goals, habits, ways of being, you're being in alignment. You're, you're not someone who talks about moving your body and doing Pilates. Like you're a woman who like, this is part of who you are. Of course, you go into your studio and do your own workout. Of course you do. Because you went seven wise deep about being the woman who moves her body this way, about the joy that it brings, about how it makes you feel that that that's another reason why there's none of that like, oh yeah, it just feels like work because I'm in my I'm in my office right now, and I come in here in the morning sometimes and sit on the floor on the other side <laughs> and meditate because I love my office, the color, everything that I've done here, created in here is exactly what you talked about, right? It's a space like that, that is safe and inviting and creative and all all the things. And so it doesn't feel like work to come in here either, or like, oh, I'm in the office again. No, I'll meditate in here. I'll do all kinds of things in here.
0: Hmm. It's just a really interesting way to look at it. And I think also people that are listening in, it's a really interesting way to think about that if you have given up on goals previously, not to blame yourself because there are many underlying factors that contribute to the follow through. But now that maybe if you've listened to this podcast, you may have just like me been like, "Aha!" Oh, I had this aha moment. <laughs> and that may change now when you go to set the goals for the new year, or right now, you might be like, well, that was the missing piece. I I picked something I didn't like doing, or I was going to a class which was not very supportive. I was working with a trainer that I didn't have a good relationship with, or, you know, whatever goal you've chosen, hopefully this sort of conversation has given you that sort of realization that, you know, there are things that you can look at to change, and that may change your experience.
1: And I I will add to that, yes. And here's the other thing that happens that we didn't talk about. However, people will recognize this right away too. When we set a goal and then don't take action towards it or maybe take a tiny step and then don't, we have subconsciously decided that there's more loss in that goal than gain. So you talked about the alarm going off if we are not in alignment with this if we haven't really got a compelling reason the loss of sleep will be greater than the gain of health like that'll be that loss and and really it comes down to identity so if i'm not if I'm not the person, and this is going to sound silly, but if I'm not the person who always hits snooze, like, you know, we have those people in our lives, right? Like, I I hit snooze 10 times before I get out of bed, right? If I'm not her, who am I? Like that, your your brain freaks out. It wants to stay in the known. Even if the known isn't where you want to be anymore, It will keep you in the known until you make the decision to get out of the known. And that is conscious and subconscious alignment too. So thinking about that as well. If you've set goals before and not gotten them, what have you decided is more of a loss than a gain? And how do you get to how do you get to reframe that so that there's more gain in becoming the woman who than there is loss, perceived Mm. loss? Oh, I love that.
0: And that just made me think of when I had my girls and I was sleep deprived and I'd be like, I'm going to get up and work out because that's what I used to do. And I would be exhausted and I, I just, I couldn't, I just would go back, end up going back to sleep because subconsciously my brain was going, you need to value your sleep more over the exercise, which I ended up realizing, coming to that realization and changing when I was going to work out and not setting the earlier alarm. And therefore, adjusting my goals to the new lifestyle of having a baby. But myself and my, I guess, who I identified with wanted to still do what I previously identified with. It was only when I was sort of forced to make that realization that I then made the change.
1: Yes. And your your underlying identity had already changed because you went from not being a mom to being a mom. Right? Like there's an identity shift already, which brings all kinds of changes in there. So, yes, right? We caught you caught up with, oh, I already am not her anyway. Like, (laughs) I'm already not her anymore. I'm this person now. How can I check the data? How can I show up? in ways that were empowered from old me. I'm old in quotation marks, right? Like like past self that fit this new self. Cause we don't like we don't need to throw everything out when we have a life change like that. We get to bring those amazing habits with us. They get to be tweaked, right? We get to change our relationship with what time we're moving our body or the perceived loss that we thought. And in that case, the perceived loss was a real lot. Like the loss of sleep was, was not okay. Right. Like you, you needed the sleep more than you needed to move your body for that period of time. And then it got to, then you figured out how to not lose sleep and be able to move your body. And mm-hmm. that's what we do when we're in alignment. That's what we do when we're in alignment, when the reason to reach the outcome is so compelling our brain, remember your, your RAS will bring you solutions. It will find, uh, what's available when we expect it, when we're like, okay, well, I'm a woman who moves her body. So help me out here universe. What's the solution to getting sleep and moving my body?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that was pretty, you know, that example is having a baby is pretty life-changing anyway, But you could be listening in and maybe you've started going through perimonopause or menopause or maybe your kids have have grown up and now they're going off to college and that's another change. Or maybe you have separated from a partner or you have a new partner. There are lots of changes that can happen that then will have an effect on us.
1: Absolutely. I love that you said partner, like either got one or lost one, (laughs) like, you know, added or subtracted that is a huge especially for moving your body right like someone new or the or the removal of someone when you've had routines built around that that's a beautiful time to reassess who you are now and who you get to be this is this is the the question that you get to ask yourself who am i being who do i want to be like who do i want to be all right. What's one thought I can think in her direction? What's one step I can take in her direction? Cause it really is one foot in front of the other all the time. I mean, that, that's how we get there. Right. We're, we're not going to be great at being her until we're first, we're going to be like, okay, at being her or first, we're going to like suck at being her. and then we're going to be okay, and then we're going to be good, and then we're going to be great at being her. So just ask yourself, who am I being, and who do I want to be? And there's no shame in that question. If I'm not being the woman who moves her body three days a week, okay, what's keeping me from being her? And today, I'm not going to be her. I'm I'm going back to bed. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to be her. Like, There's no point in shaming ourselves either for not showing up. Because uh, that's not gonna move. You know, that's not gonna move you to becoming her even more, right? You just get to go. Okay, who am I being? Who do I want to be?
0: One step at a time. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Now we always finish off the podcast with asking our guests that if there's one piece of health advice that you could give our listeners. That are listening in that they can go off and instigate straight away after listening to this podcast, what would it be?
1: I just said it. I, <laughs> seriously, like ask yourself, who am I being? And who do I want to be? The moment you get clear on who you want to be, that next step and that next step are are much easier to discern. And when you're setting goals. Ask yourself then, who am I being as I'm setting this goal? Am I being someone who is setting a goal for myself? Am I being someone who's setting a goal for someone else? A goal I think I should be setting. A goal based on what the world thinks. Or am I setting this goal for myself? Because the moment we start setting goals, right? right, Like someone else wants us to look different. someone Like we start setting goals like that. We're not going to show up in that they're not compelling enough for us so who am i being who do i want to be and and when i am setting my goals who am i being and who do i want to be so that i can put one foot in front of the other well just speaking about that that makes me think that
0: i'm the type of person that will set goals to be that version of her but i never feel like i'm that version of her Until I look back and go, oh, yeah, I was that version of her, but why couldn't I feel that at the time? Is that a normal feeling or is that just part of my beliefs being, you know, almost too hard on myself? Or what I'm thinking is I'm not tracking the data enough to then be able to reflect to go, yes, I did accomplish that. I can only realise that after the
1: fact. Yes, yes, yes. Like, yes, that's normal to not, to not see, right? To not be able to see. This is, this is your opportunity to go, okay, I already am her on the inside. Now I just get to prove it on the outside. Like I'm already her every time you elevate, like you bring you with you, right? You have everything you need inside of you. All the magic already inside of you, including the resource to say, well, if if I want elevated health, I can go to the Pilates studio, right? I'm not saying you know how to do Pilates by yourself already. I am saying you have all the resources that you need inside you. You are the magic already. And making those choices, practicing making those choices, checking the data will help you see that you're already her and acting as if will also help you see that you're already her. So if you're acting as if the woman who works out three days a week, there's more that she does than that though, right? Like while that is what she does, remember we were seeing and hearing and feeling and tasting. So she's more hydrated than current version of you. And she has fun in her hydration. All right, so I can cast a vote for that right now. I can act as if I'm her right now, right now. I can get my gym stuff ready right now if I want to. I can clear the calendar right now. There are so many things I can do right now to act as if. I can, if I'm being her and and she's going to take Epsom salt baths once or twice a week, I can take one of those right now. I can be her right now. So there's plenty of things I can do to act as if so that I'm already believing like I actually am her, right? I am her. And I'm just taking more action towards that version of her.
0: Mm, I think I have to work on the belief part. I feel like I've got the actions and all the rest of it. I think I'll work on the beliefs, but that's for me to work on anyway. Now, (laughs) Mindy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can listeners reach out and connect with you?
1: Oh, please find me on Instagram. You can find me anywhere, anywhere at Mindy Huebner. That's my handle everywhere. I lately though, my, I've been definitely hanging out on Instagram more, more than anywhere else.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks again. I feel like I just had like my own therapy session. Um, but you know, I feel like a lot of women do feel the way I feel, especially when it comes to setting goals and if you're setting them correctly and how do you track them and see the outcomes. So, you know, I think this is a, a very relevant topic too, with the new year coming and, uh, yes, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Oh, it was my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening into the podcast. Please hit subscribe
0: to be updated for each time we release a new podcast.